it's okay to take a little time and say, okay, I have this fear of running out of money and I'm just going to feel what that feels like and not rush to all of the possible solutions to that, but really just feel it. Unlock possibilities by changing your mindset. You will expand what's possible for you, for the ones around you, for the world. You're moving into a land of both blind spots and learning, of things and ideas. You just crossed over into the mindset zone. Join your guide, Anna Malikia, founder of Solo Biz Academy, the director of education for Book Yourself Solid and a PhD in psychology. The show you are about to listen is backed by popular demand from the Mindset Zone Archive Vault. To get all new episodes, make sure you subscribe via your favorite podcast app and visit mindset.zone. Yes, instead of .com, it's .zone. There you can find the episode archive, show notes, and other amazing resources, including how to four times your success so you can work smarter, not harder, and learn how to leverage your talents to make a bigger impact while enjoying the process. All at Mindset.Zone. Hi, Anna Malikian here, and I'm so happy to have a special guest today. It's the first time in this podcast series that I'm being bringing a guest to do an interview. But I think you are going to enjoy it very much. So who is this special guest? Is Sarah Thompson. And we will be talking about how to overcome the fear of running out of money. This is a so important topic for so many service professionals out there and so people in general. So I hope that it resonates with you. And I invite Sarah for speaking about this topic because she has over 15 years of experience in all type of financial, in working in small to medium-sized businesses across multiple industries. And now she's bringing it all together in her own coaching and consulting business, where we can say that Sarah is the expert in the field of what the heck you should be doing to grow your business. And you can find more about her online at moremoneymentoring.com. I repeat, moremoneymentoring.com. And like always, you will find the, the links to everything that we refer during this podcast episode at anamalikian.com forward slash 13, the number of the episode, number 13. Or I create an even easier link now if you go to mindset.zone forward slash 13. So mindset.zone forward slash 13. You will also be able to see the notes for this episode. So welcome, Sarah. Thank you. I'm so excited to be the first guest. What an honor. (laughs) So, and this is a space that I create to really explore mindsets. And I think that in the question of 
uh, this fear of running out of money really stops so many people for taking that pledge for going developing their own businesses and even if they are in their jobs it's something that really stop them some many times to taking the risks that i think is so so important and we really get in these fixed mindset around it. It's like we believe that we cannot change the reality, the many reality that's around us. So Absolutely. I think it, it can be very limiting and fear in general is limiting, mm-hmm. but there's understandably so that a lot of people have a, have a great amount of fe- fear around their money, um, both in their personal finances and um, that risk of of starting their own business and leaving a job that they think of as uh, secure because they have a regular income. Yeah, and uh, that is something that I think has to do with the way we know that reality is not like that anymore, that really there is no secure job anymore. But I think we are still, because our parents, the previous generations, still have that job security. They could be in the same job all their lives, and then they could have a retirement. That somehow is still imprint in us. Even we know that we look to the numbers, we know, I don't know now the stats, but the quantity of different jobs that now our generation have in their lifetime is incredible. That is, is for me, is also incredible how we still hold that vision that a job is secure. Right, right. I, I agree. And I actually have, have thought about it a lot in terms of my own family, because I think that a lot of our limiting beliefs about money come from how we were raised mm-hmm. by our parents. Mm-hmm. You know, in my case, my parents were raised by, by my grandparents who lived through the depression. Mm-hmm. And so they were raised to be very cautious about anything to do with money. Right. Yeah. Even as my grandparents started to have a little bit more money, they still were very, very frugal about how they spent their money. They kept track of their money very closely. And they really taught my parents that a regular job, a stable job was the only path to financial security. And at the time, probably it made loads of sense. Yes. Uh, for most people to follow that route. The question is that now in our times, and we also have to see that we, we, we are coming out of a recession, a big one was not as dramatic in people's lives like the one uh, in the beginning of the 20th century. Uh, we didn't felt it as, uh, didn't felt it. There were people that felt it very hard, but was not so dramatic in the way we didn't add so uh, people have to go to supply, um, to right, soup kitchens, kitchens yeah. and yeah. Uh, the quantity of unemployment, if was bad this time, the, the, the previous one was, to, uh, how do you say, every, you could not hide. Everybody was uh, affected by it and really right. left in that generation a a big imprint. But exactly. in this generation, 
uh, we are also in a different way with different qualities and characteristics. But I think people are a little even of taking risks is the thing because until the recession, there was, oh, we can take risks. Things are growing. I, I Even in real estate, I'm living in Phoenix. Everybody was uh, <laughs> um, investing in real estate. That was part of the problem. Right. Uh, and uh, then people now are, whoa, okay, I should not take risks and uh, because I can run out of money. And sometimes now they have that fear because that happened. They ran out of money. And let's, let's bring the conversation there because I know that the title of this episode is How to Overcome the Fear of Running Out of Money. But before going to the overcome part, let's focus a little bit of this fear, because sometimes there are good reasons for people to have this fear. Yes, exactly. I agree. Um, there, you know, it can be uh, that you're pretty close to that reality. And so the fear can be very legitimate. And, and based on your own experience with money, thinking that you're going to run out of money is not completely out of the ballpark with what could actually happen, right? So one of the things that I've been thinking and talking a lot about lately is rather than immediately going to try to overcome your fear or face these big fears is really to just take some time to recognize and sit in your fear. Mm-hmm. That that's okay to do, that it's okay to take a little time and say, okay, I have this fear of running out of money and I'm just going to feel what that feels like and not rush to all of the possible solutions to that, but really just feel it. Mm -hmm. It's okay. You can, you can sit in your fear for a while, you know, as long as you don't get stuck in your fear, which is what seems to happen. Sometimes people are actually worried or fearful of getting stuck in their fear if they if they sit in it too long, which is legitimate as well, right? I mean, it, it happens if you if you become overcome by by that fear, it can be completely um, paralyzing. And, and the other reaction that I see a lot is the the run 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 run. That is, a, we can see fear as forget everything and run. So there are many people that they have this fear and instead of sitting on it and saying, what can I do? They just run. Oh, I have to do this. I have to get this job. I have to, I have to take this client, even if it's a, it drains my energy, but I have to do it because, and they are running, 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 and they are not creating more, but they feel that because they are busy, Right. Uh, that, okay, at least it's like juggling. I, I cannot stop because all balls are going to fall. Absolutely. They, they're um, sort of frantic. And by being frantic, um, can, cannot fit, sit in their fear. They can sort of avoid the fear. I mean, I was talking to someone last week who was telling me that they, um, when, when they go to the ATM to take money out, they, um, Usually it doesn't print out a receipt, Mm -hmm. but for some reason this time it did and it had their bank balance on it and they didn't want to look at it. Mm. Denying. Right. So Mm. it's like, well, what you don't want to look at your bank balance because, well, because my bank balance is lower than I would like it to be. So I'd like to just pretend I don't, you know, yeah, but not know what's in there, but that's 
right? You're not even acknowledging where you're at. And I think the the whole idea of sitting in your fear is let's just acknowledge where we are are at right yeah. now. And the, uh, I spoke this in another episode. Uh, it's episode number eight that uh, you can listen by go mindset dot zone forward slash eight number eight that is react or create your choice that is a lot about the need that we are in these reactivity cycles all the time and it's very easy uh, to fall on these reactivity cycles we do it's like we are reacting 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 and so important to understand that no we don't have because something happened we don't have to have a certain reaction. That is m- probably what we are used to, what it feels more comfortable for us. But we have a space there that we can, oops, press the pause button, even if it's for a couple of seconds and say, what do I want to do? What do I want to do next? And I think what you are uh, um, saying that sit on your fear, it's like that pressing the pause button, stop reacting. Sit in your fear and let's see what we can do. Because the reality, obviously, we are speaking about the fear of running out of money. The reality is that are many people that are in debt. They already run out of money. Right. (laughs) Uh, So what, and from previous conversation, I know that you were there, you, you overcame that. So what can you tell to somebody that is run out of money? They are on debt. What can they do? How can they sit on their fear and what can they do about it? Well, I think, you know, where I usually start with um, clients is, is to um, acknowledge, you know, to start where you are, um, because starting where somewhere else isn't reality. Right. Mm-hmm. So so the first part of moving out of that fear or m- moving forward is really to acknowledge your current situation. Where are you at this point in time? Looking to that statement. Yes. So look at what kind of debt you have, Mm -hmm. right? What kind of income are you currently generating? Whether it be, you know, usually I work with business owners, but even um, with people that are employees of, of, you know, their employer, what is your income that you're bringing in, Mm -hmm. right? And then, and then to really look at what I call a real budget, which is that you look at not only the bills that you are paying every month, the you know credit card payments, the car loan payments, the student loan debt, the mortgage or rent payment. You also look at the irregular mm-hmm. things that you spend money on that aren't really a surprise. I, I usually use the example of Christmas, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Because people will say, oh, my God, it's Christmas. Yeah. Well, it's not a surprise. <laughs> it's right? the same time every year. <laughs> right. And, you know, for the I, I have children and I know you have children, mm-hmm. too. And when you have a child or multiple children, you want to buy your children, child, or even if you don't, um, you want to buy your parents or your friends or your spouse presents, mm-hmm. right, at Christmas. And, okay, that's reality. You're that's probably going to happen every year that you're going to want to spend some money at Christmas, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, so why, why do we treat it like it's an emergency? It's not an emergency. Mm-hmm. You can set aside money every single month for Christmas. So if you, if you think about it in, in those terms, it's a lot less stressful. I, for example, set aside money every month for um, 
car repairs. Because mm-hmm. guess what? They Your are- car's going to break down. It just will. It's just inevitable unless you um, buy a new car every year, which I wouldn't recommend doing. It's not a good investment, right? But mm-hmm. um, So I had four months ago, I had with two vehicles and in the matter of maybe four or five weeks, we needed two new batteries and two, one or two brake jobs yeah. on our car, right? Mm-hmm. But I had set aside a little bit of money every month to cover that. Yeah, but before, because what you are speaking is very important, is budgeting and be clever in the way of budgeting and they have that more overall view. But before yes. going there, what is your suggestion or advice for somebody that looks to that statement, to their credit card statement, to their bank statement, and the picture is not good? What you can tell them that, okay, now is not good, but where is the light at the end of the tunnel? Right. Okay. Well, I'll tell you, um, through a little four years ago, after being fired three times um, in two years from jo- from corporate jobs, that I was eighty thousand dollars in debt, mm-hmm. and over twenty five thousand dollars of that was um, credit card debt. Yeah. So my credit card um, payments were pretty high every month, and I was barely making the minimum, particularly when I was unemployed and yeah. trying to start a new business. So I've been there. Mm-hmm. And um, first, like, as I said, is to acknowledge where you are. Mm-hmm. And then, honestly, the best advice I can have to get out of that situation is to um, look at what you're spending overall mm-hmm. and try to come up with the minimum spending plan, meaning that, um, I mean, I was doing stuff like uh, – uh, I didn't. I would. I wouldn't buy any new clothes. Mm. Uh, I only went to um, to buy used clothes, yeah. right? And so I got to the point where my clothing budget was like twenty dollars a month. Wow. So you and right? and something. Oh, that is impossible. No, it's uh, and you have a, a great concept that we spoke before. That is the in a, another day that we are having a conversation that the expenses we have to you you advise people to look them between wants versus needs. Can you speak a little yes. bit about that? Yeah, and that's actually. I mean, that's not even my thing. I've gotten that just from following other people that talk about financial things. Is is really to evaluate what is. Um, your needs, and I would say things like food, housing. Um, uh, if you need a car, mm-hmm. then that would be an, a need as opposed to a want, right? But there's things that are wants, like I personally want to um, go on date night with mm-hmm. my partner once a month. Like that's one of the things that I shoot for mm-hmm. is we can have a date night once a month, my mother lives close by, so I'm very fortunate she'll watch um, the kids, you know, and I don't have to pay her. But, you know, that's my goal. Mm-hmm. But that's a want. That's not a need. I don't need to go on a date once a month. It's great. It's great for my yeah. relationships, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> As you can probably imagine. Yep. But but if it comes between going on date night and buying food, I'm yeah. going to buy food, Yeah. right? So, so one of the things I did when I was trying to get out of debt is I really focused on, okay, what do I have to have mm-hmm. and what do I want to have? And, and, and you were very creative even on this, like, okay, you need clothes. Everybody needs clothes. Right. And if you have certain types of jobs, you have to look a certain way and all that. But I love that, Odyssey, there is 
alternatives for spending the full ticket price of clothes. Right. And maybe are not ideal alternatives. Maybe it's not we try for, but in certain circumstances, why not? Right. Exactly. And I'd say the same thing on your other needs, right? I mean, if you got into a car payment and it's very expensive and it's, you know, five or six or $700 a month for a car payment, you might want to think about, you know, not having that car anymore mm -hmm. and downgrading. I mean, I have a relatively decent car, but, you know, it wasn't brand new when I got it. I have since paid it off. You know, it's 2008. And I, I'm always thinking about like, oh, I would love to have, you know, where you can automatically listen to your iPhone. You know, it's all in your dashboard. Mm -hmm. Like that would be so, so fabulous cool. <laughs> for me. Like I would love that, right? Uh -huh. But that is a want. Yeah. What I do, and we were we were actually talking a little bit about listening to podcasts. Is <laughs> you know how your seatbelt goes over your um your shoulder? Yep. I actually listen to podcasts by sticking my phone into the seatbelt. Ah, great so idea. That Right. It's closer so to it, your ear. So the right. noise of the car doesn't interfere so much. Yes. Because <laughs> otherwise I'm like, okay, what, what are the options? I have to get some kind of system to plug into my mm -hmm. radio that costs money. Right. Yeah. And, and I, and I eventually within, you know, three or four years would like a car that has it all, you know, already standard yep. as part of the system. Right. So that's what I do. Mm -hmm. So I tuck it into my seatbelt. Yeah. And this is the expenses side. So we can, and even though you say for somebody that have their own businesses, if we want to increase profits, one of the easiest way is looking that to the needs and wants in our own business and see, okay, what are the things that I can make my business more lean? But let's go to, because there is a, how do you say, there is a bottom there. We we can right. reduce a lot the expenses, we can really um, make it go lower, but there is a point that, okay, we really, there are the needs that we, like you said, the food on the table, the right. uh, a, a, a roof over our heads, and so, uh, right. uh, and so forth. So what is the, the inc from the income side, what can we yeah. do about it? Well, on the income side, my, my number one piece of advice is to make if you have clients or you have a business is to try to make more money off the existing business that you have. Mm -hmm. And there's a couple of ways of doing that. One is to raise your prices. Mm -hmm. Two uh, is to offer them more. Yeah. But that is, I, I, I can see some of my clients and, uh, and yeah, raising prices, but, 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 but the big, but, but I, and if I lose this client, I know that I'm getting this. I know that I provide more value. Even the person recognized that. But if I increase the prices and they go away. Right. That's true. So in order to increase prices, usually what I have done is to offer more services, whatever that means. Mm -hmm. So it depends on obvious, it depends on what uh, industry you're serving. But um, for me as a consultant, the way that I have managed to take existing clients and, and um, charge them more is to offer more to them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and the thing here that I find interesting that I see that is the big advantage where you have your own business is that 
at the beginning can be harder, but you have more room to grow because in the income side, if you have a job, yes, you can, if the, your job or your company provide bonus, you really can do whatever is in our power to get that bonus in the, uh, in the end of right. the year, or if you are a commission base, uh, all the commissions. Or you might get a raise, right? Mm-hmm. You, might, you might get some kind of raise, but usually a raise isn't that much, right? Or a second job, or another job, all that. So, or right. starting your own business at the side to start to make it that little extra that can build from there. But yes. the thing is that what I'm listening is that first is to, yes, sit on the fear, look to the reality, look to the cold numbers, see the red, uh, and sometimes it's quite red, but then is to develop a plan to go out of that red and go to the black. Right. And for me, the biggest, the biggest mindset shift was to move from um, charging for my services on an hourly basis mm-hmm. to move out of that mindset. Um, and move into a project-based business, which I did, and then move out of that mindset and move to a consistent income model, which is a monthly retainer model. And and I think that is one of the fascinating things for service uh, professionals and uh, both of us, for the list of people that if you are listening for the first time, one of any of us, both of us, we have something in common that is one of the reasons that we know each other. Both uh, are Book Yourself Solid Certified Coach. We study with Michael Port that developed this amazing Book Yourself Solid system to help service professionals. And one of the things that I, I think myself, when I was studying this, uh, the system for the first time as a, a service professional and afterwards when I start to teaching, I see that in my clients, is when we, we, one of the building blocks of this system is pricing, perfect pricing. And we have at our disposal about 12 uh, pricing models and for me whoa I never thought about that we could do this in these different ways that was like going from a fixed mindset uh, time for money kind of thing that everybody is used to that and know is familiar with and then suddenly they put it in front of you there are other ways of doing this yes exactly there are many ways that you can um, think about your business model and how you offer your services or products to your cl- clients or prospective clients. And that was really eye-opening for me. I wasn't there yet when I read read that the first time, the second time, or the third mm-hmm. time, right? took me a while to change my mindset because I had been living and working for other people. And yeah. initially, I made an hourly rate. And then when I moved to a salary position, I still thought about my income in terms of an hourly rate, right? Yeah. I would think, oh, well, I work about 60 hours and I'm making this. And if I divide that out, that works (laughs) out. Right. Yep. And I think this is important to recognize is one of the things that I love also of this framework of the fixed mindset and the grow mindset that I, I have an episode dedicated to that. That is episode number four. So mindset 
dot zone four slash four. I have a full episode dedicated about the grow mindset concept. But the in a nutshell is the idea that we have some fixed beliefs about something. And we already spoke about these fixed beliefs around uh, running out of money and the fears that surrounds that. And the first thing to do that we know if we want to go from that fixed set of beliefs to a grow mindset that believe in abundance, that everybody say you have to have an abundance thinking, but how to go from A to B is always the question. Right. And, and the first step that we've been really focused here is, okay, let's hear the fixed mindset voice, that fixed beliefs and why they exist, because sometimes there is a reason why they exist and recognize that. And then start to recognize that there are other ways of seeing it. There is that more grow mindset. There are other models. There are other ways of approaching the situation. And recognize that our, we have a choice. There are things that we can do that allow us to grow from where we are to where we want to be. Right. And then we have to start to, it's not something that is enough to have that cognitive understanding for things to happen. Sometimes, like you were saying, we, oh, first time that we read a concept that really clicks and they say, oh, yeah. But sometimes we have to go back over and over again and fall and get up, fall and get up. And suddenly things start to, oh, now it's starting to make sense. Now I see how this works in the real world. Now I see how I'm doing this and how things are changing. Right. And the thing that I had to learn that really helped me um, learn how to shift my mindset was to learn that, um, okay, well, it's 2014, you know, we're almost in 2015. Somebody else has to have solved this before yes. me. Right? Yes. I am not, I mean, I like to think that I'm, you know, moderately intelligent, but I am not the expert. I've only been in business for four years, mm -hmm. right? Somebody else has been in business longer than me or has figured out how to do this thing that I'm thinking of, right? Yep. And I can either research it or I can ask them or mm -hmm. ask for an introduction so that I can ask them or I can raise my hand and ask people for help. And then then this is a big one for me. When they offer help, I can actually accept it. Yes. Right? Mm -hmm. And and I can figure out how to, you know, what my particular problem is at that moment in time. I can reach out to the world or, or look at um, how I can solve a problem that is different maybe than I ever would have thought yeah. of sol you know, solving it in that way, just staying inside my head. Yeah, and right? that is one, a couple of things that came up when you are speaking about that. One of the things is the importance of mentoring. And it's so interesting that so many of us are long live learners. We love to learn. We learn to learn new things. But then we have that resistance of asking for help and accepting help. It's another way of learning. Right. He's putting it in practice. So I find it very, but we have and have good mentors learning from people that walk the talk, then been there, overcome that. That is now what you are doing. You've been there, you know the pain, you managed to overcome it. And you are growing your business. You are, you are now, you are not in debt anymore. You are with savings. So, right. and now you are helping other people do the same and think bigger about, you are thinking bigger about your own goals and helping your clients to think bigger about the potential of their business too. But I do also just want to say that even though 
I have come, I feel like looking back on the past four years since I've started my business, I've come quite a ways. I still um, did it in stages. Mm -hmm. You know, I didn't make a giant leap, right? It took a lot of time and it took, as you, as you talk about this, taking some pauses to Mm -hmm. figure things out and really evaluate where you are and, and think about your mindset and how you how you really want to design your business, right? Yeah. Um, I had a lot of those stops where I had to say, okay, this is not working for me. Mm-hmm. Like, this is not how I want it to be. So how do I shift? Readjust. And, and it took me time to shift. I didn't just say, oh, let me get rid of all of these clients and um, and then just change my whole business model. No. Mm-hmm. It took me a couple of years to make that shift. And, and that is, uh, there is a beautiful metaphor about that. Sometimes we are so, okay, I have to do this. I have to do this. It's like we climb a ladder, a ladder up, 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 and we are so busy doing that, that sometimes it's important just to stop and ask ourselves, is this the wall that I want to climb? Right. Does this route takes me where I want to go? And sometimes we have to have the courage to say, no, this is the wrong ladder. This is the wrong wall that I want to go up. And we right. have to. And how many of us are climbing, trying to climb that wall, trying to climb that wall, trying to, we keep trying. We're like, only can make it a quarter of the way up. Yeah. Right? Because it's not the right place. So we have to have sometimes the courage of stopping, coming down and okay, let's see where really I want to put my effort. Right. So, wow. And, and another thing that I would like to, because this is a process, there is loads of mindset shifts that are needed in this process, loads of that pause man, um, moments, and also the support of having somebody that can mm-hmm. support us during that process. Um, and the importance of not being, uh, we have to do things, we have to try things, and we are going to fail on the way. Our, not, not everything that we are going to do is going to work, and we have to reevaluate. Okay, this didn't work because of that. Let me try something different. But we have to put some action in. Yes. And we cannot expect also instant results. I always right. give the image uh, of it's like waiting for the water to boil. Right. No, it's true. And, um, and I do think that w- sometimes we try something and then move away from it too quickly because we don't see the results we want right away. Mm-hmm. And it takes time for water to boil or it takes time for an idea to build. Um, and then on the other end of sometimes we hang, my, mine is usually I hang on to something too long. <laughs> and when it's really not working, I, I still hang on to it because I don't know, I, I love it or mm-hmm. something like, or I can't admit that it wasn't serving me or yeah, wasn't the, working. The, so, and then, and then my bigger one is I don't even try anything at all. Right. <laughs> I'll like not try something cause I'm worried it will fail because it's better to not try, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. Because it's safe. We think there is that false belief that it's better not trying. But with what we don't sometimes realize is that not 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 trying is failing, right? Exactly. And I think it's a bigger failure. So, yeah. uh, and this is why I think it's so important. I know that you have mentoring. I have the, we are in the same mentoring program. Uh, right. And it's so important to have that support, to have colleagues, to have somebody that is a little bit more advanced than us, that can, right. uh, can guide us. Because we all have blind spots. 
Exactly. And I don't, I, you know, I, I was talking to someone that was working on the copy for my website, right? And um, I am a very good writer, but I have a hard time writing about myself, mm-hmm. right? It's pretty common that you have, you know, it's not not as easy to write about yourself as to write about someone else, right? Yeah. So we were just talking about that and how, you know, it makes sense sometimes to ask for other people's insight because uh, oftentimes we judge ourselves much more harshly or, you know, in a much more limited way than than people see us. Yeah. Right? And I think the example of writing something is a great example because how often we can be brilliant. I'm very good in checking like uh, inconsistencies, like is missing a comma, is missing something in other people's text. But of right. course, in my own, I, I, I'm, I need an editor totally. Right, you're and, too close to it. Right? And, I mean, too, and that, I think, is a great metaphor for our business. Sometimes we are too close to our businesses and to our lives to see, to have that bird-eyed perspective. And we have to pause again and help, right. help somebody that help us to see the things that we, we have the blind spots. We are not. Uh, is so it's so so important and i'm i'm enjoying this conversation a lot but i'm looking also to the time and i want to start to wrap up i know that people if you can go to moremoneymentoring.com to find more information about sarah and how can you learn more from her Meanwhile, I just, what will you like to be like a, la, a message for uh, people for, that are listening to this episode? What is something that you want to, them to live with? Well, I really, you know, my message is focused a lot on freeing ourselves from our own fears. And so the message I want to give to everyone is that it's okay to be scared and it's okay to sit in that fear for a time. And then it's totally okay to ask for help and you can move forward. Mm-hmm. You just need to think about what you want in the future. And sometimes it helps me to look 5, 10, 15 mm-hmm. years out at what I would like my life to be. And then to break it down and bring it closer in to what I need to do this year, this quarter, this week, this day. Yeah, it's possible. Doesn't mean that it's easy, but it's possible. And breaking down in small steps truly helps. Thank you. And I would say if you walk forward, if you're just moving forward, um, put one foot in front of the other, Mm -hmm. that you might have to pause, you might have to change directions here and there, but eventually you will be at the top of a mountain. Yeah. Yeah. One step at a time. Thank you so much, Sarah, for uh, your time and for Thank sharing you. your wisdom here. And for our listeners, is you can find the show notes of this episode at mindset.zone forward slash 13. I really hope everybody and you especially that are listening that you enjoy this podcast. 
and I really appreciate your help in spreading the word by leaving uh, uh, iTunes, if you are listening via the iTunes in your computer or in your iPhone or other uh, uh, phone, if you can leave an iTunes ra rating and review, it really only takes two minutes and can help us to create more exposure and more people will become aware of the mindset zone. And uh, you always can go to mindset.zone instead of .com. It's mindset.zone and you will find their information. It's my will redirect you to my website where you find information, all the episodes of this podcast and ways of staying connected. I will also love to hear from you how this podcast is impacting you. You at the end of the show notes, you will have the comment area where you can leave your comments and feedback that is always welcome. So grateful that you are here. Have a wonderful life and keep making a difference. Thank you for listening. And remember to visit mindset.zone. Yes, instead of .com is dot zone. There you can find all the episodes and other amazing resources. As always, I'm so grateful that you have crossed over into the mindset zone. Spend what's possible for you, for the ones around you, for the world. <laughs>